Father. I want to say thank you this evening, Lord. Truly, that is those words are more than true. So, Father, Lord God, we know that you are here this evening, Lord God, because you never miss one appointment with your people, Lord God. But we know you're here, O oh Lord, and you're calling our names, O oh Lord God, O oh Father. And not only your names, but Lord, you're calling our situations, Lord. You're calling our conditions, Lord. You're calling our difficulties, Lord. You're calling our helpless Father, Lord God. The sicknesses and, oh Father, the, the hardness that we're going through, Lord. You're calling them by name this evening, Lord God. And not only are you calling them, but you're here and saying, you can touch me. You can touch me and your life will never be the same, oh God. And Father, we believe that this evening, Lord God, you are here and we can touch you, Lord. We can touch you by your faith, oh Lord God, and this evening, Lord, we want to let loose our faith, oh Lord God, to touch you, Lord, or you move in a special way, Lord. Father, I just want to come in myself to you this evening, Lord, or you take me out of the way, Lord. Father, you've used the song leader, Lord. You've moved them out of the way, Lord. You brought us to worship, Lord. And now as the word comes, oh Lord, we ask the Father, Lord. Both hear her and speak, oh Lord. We'll be out of the way till you speak to us, oh God. Father, may your spirit move, oh Lord, and miss us, oh God. As we look, oh Father, Lord, to you this evening. Father, we just also want to remember our sister Sand in prayer, Lord God. And oh, Father, Lord God, we know the enemy is defeated, oh God. And there's nothing he can do that will stop us, oh Lord God. There's nothing he can do that can bring fear upon us, oh Lord. But we keep on holding on to you and believing, Lord. The Father, you who restores us to send the full, you, Lord God. The Lord, you will be even stronger than what she was, oh Lord God. Now what the enemy meant for evil, Lord, you take it and use it for good, oh Lord God. Father, we come here into your hands this evening, Lord, and after the surgery, Lord. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, that there be no side effect, O oh Lord, in that body, O oh God. But Lord, let her be held to you, Lord God, and let her she be strong, O oh Lord God. Father, we pray you bless very head at this time, O oh Lord. May you strengthen them, O oh Lord. May you be with Caleb, Lord. May you be with Ethan, Lord. May you be with Anna and Chris at this time, O oh Lord God. May you strengthen them, Lord. May you lift up your faith, O oh Lord, at this time, and may your presence, O oh Lord God, move in a great way into your home, O oh Lord, as we had this morning, O oh Father, Lord. Oh, Lord, we ask for your mercies and your grace, O oh Lord, this evening, Lord. May you have your way of mistress and any need, O oh Lord, it might be here, Lord. We ask for you, O oh Lord, and be with them, O oh God. May your word this evening discern the thoughts and intents of your people, Lord God. And may you have the preeminence of mistress, O oh God. We come with all these to you in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Now we greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this, this evening. Thank you, musicians. And Marion, God bless you. Thank you. Amen. It's sure good to be here again. And Amen. I sure did enjoy last week and the grad and Brother Brent being with us and the word that was shared was sure a blessing. Amen. And I thank the Lord that he, he moves. Amen. Surely the evening service was a blessing. I believe the Lord was moving and he was delivering people and he was was moving on how the young people, I believe not only young people, but everyone was here, I believe that the Lord was really moving and, and lifting us up a little higher from where we were, amen, and we thank the Lord for that, amen, and Wednesday also we really thank the Lord, hey, God used Brother Ed, and, and even this morning we, we're grateful for that, amen, it was, was really interesting, I was just in the back office before Brother Andrew came in, 
yesterday we was at the Paris Oaks and just fellowshipping with Brother Marion yesterday and we were just sharing different things, different burdens and and different desires that we had on our hearts and and we just, you know, just fellowshipping together and, and we came in the service this morning and everything we said, Brother Ed touched on it. There's not even one thing he left hate. Tell you, church, God is moving. Amen. Amen. We didn't know what Brother Ed was going to be talking about. We had no idea about it. But it's God moving. Amen. Amen. It is God moving. Amen. And so, God bless you, Brother Ed, for this morning. We needed that. I needed that. And I believe we all did. And it's good to move the landmarks back to the opposition again. Amen. And, and live the life of believers, the life of Christians. Amen. True Christians. Because in this world, there are only one group of people that can be Christians. And that's you and me. Amen. We are the only ones that God is counting on. Amen. We are the only ones that are holding back the winds of judgment upon this earth. Amen. We are the chosen ones. Amen. Let's go to the scriptures this evening. Amen. And I want to turn to the book of Ephesians. We've got only one scripture to read. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 7. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 7. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 7. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this flat, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might shew the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Amen. Man, I want you to notice the last scripture is said that in the ages to come. And this is Paul writing in the first age. But here it says, in the ages to come, that he, in the ages to come, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of the word. He might have you see it. Amen. In the ages to come, he will show the exceeding riches Amen. He has shown it, but he said he's going to show the exceeding riches of his grace. Amen. Amen. And his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. This evening, I want to speak, and we're going to title this evening as, But God. Amen. But God. Paul will write to the saints which are in Ephesus. Amen. And as you read in the book of Ephesians and here and in the second chapter, Paul is writing and Paul starts to, describes, starts to describe the past of every believer. 
Amen. And I want you to notice that he starts to describe the past of every believer. Amen. That in time past, you know, in time past, we were all dead. Amen. In time past, we were all sinners. In time past, we were serving the prince of the air, the prince of this world. Amen. But I want you to notice that as Paul starts, he's talking about the past. He's not talking about the present. Amen. He's not talking about the future, but he's talking about the past. He's saying, in time past, you were this way. Amen. But something has happened from that time till now. Amen. Something has come in between that has changed the sin. Amen. Something has come between that has turned the tables around. Amen. In time past, we walked according to the course of this world. Amen. It says, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind. And by nature, we're the children of wrath. Amen. By nature, that was our nature, the children of wrath. We were born in sin, as Brother Branham would say, shaped in iniquity came to the world turned in lies and, and we deserve to be that way we deserve to be the children of wrath because that was our birth amen but God who is rich in mercy amen he looked beyond our nature amen he looked beyond our sin he looked beyond our iniquity amen and when he looked beyond that he identified a seed gene of God that he had placed in you before the foundation of the world amen and he said it is the time has come for me to send my spirit down on this age to quicken the seed that is on the inside of you. Amen. In time past we walked in sin. Amen. In time past we were deceived. Amen. In time past we sat in denomination. Amen. But God who is rich in mercy. Amen. Look beyond that and said I've got a seed. Amen. I got someone here in this age. Amen. That I need to quicken because they are the people that I have called. They are the people that I have chosen. They've got a name and I recognize them. They've identified themselves with me and I have identified myself with them and the time has come for me to call them out. The time has come for them to enter into their position and to be the sons and daughters of God that I have called them to be. Amen. And so when God came on the scene and sent the spirit to quicken that seed, amen, and it quickened us from death unto life. Amen. It quickened us from a people that had, didn't have a future to a people who had a future. Amen. It quickened us to a people that if we went to the grave, we weren't going to be raised again. But because he came, amen, now we have a confidence that we can go to the grave and we will rise again. Amen. And not only will we rise again, amen, but those that go to the grave are actually going to be the first ones that will rise again. Why? Because Jesus Jesus came on the picture, amen. Despite who we were, despite what we done, despite what we said, God came on the picture and I said, I'm going to turn it around because dear destiny is eternity, amen. Dear destiny is Jesus Christ made manifested again in a people, amen. That is their destiny. You see, God is raising an army in this last age, amen. And if God is raising an army in this last age, he's not raising an army that is dead he's not raising an army made of dead people Hey man, you remember the dry bones, hey man. And you see those dry bones were lying there. And so first they were dry lying there. There was nothing that they could do. They were dead. But God needs an army that is alive, amen. And so what did he do? He sent his spirit, amen. He had a prophet in that time by the name of Ezekiel. And he said, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy, amen. I want you to prophesy because these bones have got life in them, amen. And if you prophesy upon them, there is 
is a bread of life that is going to come. In other words, there is a spirit that is going to come and is going to quicken these bones and is going to raise them up again to be a mighty army. Amen. And we were dead in sins and trespasses. We didn't know the truth, but God sent the prophet in this age by the name of William Branham and he came down with a message to quicken you and to quicken me, to quicken these dry bones that they may rise again and rise up as a mighty army. Amen. Because his army must have life in them. Amen. And not any life, but a life of Jesus Christ on the inside of them. That is the army of God. Amen. That is the army of God. And so he sent the Spirit to quicken these mortal bodies again. That we will rise to be a mighty army. Amen. Why did he need an army? Because his work was not over. Amen. We're sharing this with the young people the last time. And you know, Brother Ed was speaking the other day and said, You could have easily spoken that to the, to the church. And so we started to pray about it and say, You know, Lord, would you have us speak on it? And well, Brother Brent came and, and he took most, most of, almost, most of the time that we spoke to the young people. And he touched on some of them. And so oh, we thought, Well, we'll, we'll just let it go. So yesterday in my study, so he's just, you know, preparing something else, but then the Lord started to bring some few things back again from that service. So we just want to take it, young people. You've heard this before, but it's good to remind ourselves again. Amen. Amen. But you see, because the work was not over. Amen. He's looking for an army because there is a work that needs to be done. Amen. There is a work that needs to be finished. Amen. You see, when Jesus went on the cross, he made a certain statement at some point when all the prophecies had been fulfilled. He made a statement and said, it is finished. Amen. He said, it is finished. Amen. And you see, when he made a statement, it is finished, you know, many of the people, you know, when they had died, they thought, well, truly it is finished. The disciple believed them and he said, well, it is finished. So many of the disciples would turn their back and they'll go back to their own work and what they used to do before. Why? Because Jesus said, it is finished. And they thought truly it was finished, all is over. We thought he was the Messiah, but here he is dying and he just said it is finished. So they all turned around and went back to their work and, and went back to the things that they were doing. And, and if for a moment we can turn our eyes to, to the regions of the law so we could turn our eyes to hell, you know, we could see hell perhaps was rejoicing at that time because he said it is finished. And hell probably thought, oh yes, we got him. He said it is finished. Well, he's dead. It's all over. Amen. That's what they all believe. And, and you know, the people who take his body and, and they'll go and they'll, they'll take the tomb of Joseph or Arimathea and, and they'll put his tomb in there and, and they'll seal the stone with, with this big stone and they'll roll the stone over it. And they'll put these Roman soldiers to guard, to guard the tomb because they believed it is finished. Because he said it is finished. But God, who is rich in mercy, amen. But God, who is rich in mercy, had not finished the work, amen. God, who is rich in mercy, was just starting the work, amen. You see, Calvary was just the beginning of God's work in you and me, amen. Calvary wasn't the end of it. Calvary was the beginning of God starting to operate in a body, amen. You see, God was fulfilling this threefold purpose. He had come and he had expressed himself in Jesus Christ, but now 
now the time had come for him to move to a certain purpose that was to have the preeminence in a people. Amen. So the work was not finished. Amen. So God who was, who was rich in mercy when he mentioned and he said it is finished. In reality what he was saying, he was saying that the work has been finished. In other words, he was sealing up a message. Amen. Now what is a seal? A seal is what? It is, the, is the product of a finished work. Amen. Brother Branham will talk about the box card and, and he'll say, you know, the box card, you know, they pack it all together and they put everything in. And once everything is done and it's checked and, and it's perfect, then they seal it. In other words, they finish the work, so they seal the box card. And then they send it out until it gets to a destination, and then the seal is taken off. Amen. You know, many a times in our mails we receive a letter. Amen. We all receive letters in our mail, and when you receive a letter in your mail, now you have an envelope, and in the envelope is a message. Amen. In the envelope is a message, but a message is sealed. You receive a sealed envelope. Amen. But now I want you to notice that the one that wrote, it wrote in that envelope or wrote the letter, when he was writing the letter, he made sure that everything he's writing in there is what you need to know concerning your situation. Amen. He didn't leave anything out of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the letter that he was writing. He made sure that everything he's writing is what you need. Every information was on the inside of that letter. But after he was done writing the letter, in other words, after he had finished his part of the work, what he did that he folded the letter, he put it in an envelope, and he sealed it. And when he sealed it, he sent it out to you to say, now you are to receive this letter. And now you are to open the letter to know what is written on the inside of it. Amen. Amen. Are you with me this evening? So when Jesus on the cross said it is finished, what he was doing, that he was sealing up a message. Amen. He was sealing up a message that one day was going to be broken. Amen. He was sealing up a message and the message was saying that sin has been paid for. Amen. The message was saying that you are no more in bondage, but you are free. Amen. The message was saying that salvation has come to you and it is not by your works, but by grace are you saved. Amen. The message was saying that healing is here. Amen. The message was saying that deliverance is here, amen. The message was saying that you can go free. The message was saying that you can now go into your inheritance and possess everything that is yours, amen. That was what the message was saying. But you see, the Pharisees and the scribes, they failed to read the message. They failed to understand the message. So what did they do? They sealed it. They sealed it because they thought it was finished. Even the disciples themselves couldn't read the message at that time. And say it had been so they put it in the tomb. But God, who's rich in mercy... Amen. But God, who's rich in mercy, he said the message cannot stay in the tomb. So on the eighth day, hallelujah, on the morning of the eighth day, amen, there was an angel that came down from heaven, amen. There was an earthquake. The earth started to quake. The earth started to shake. Why? Because something was fixing to happen, amen. A mighty angel was coming down to roll away the stone. A mighty angel 
was coming down to break the seals open because the message had to go forward. The message couldn't stay in the tomb. Amen. On oh, according to Revelation 10, we have received the mighty angel. Amen. The mighty angel has come down. He has rolled away the stone. The stone has said that the days of miracles are past. He rolled away the stone. The stone has said oh, that you are in bondage. He rolled away the stone. The stone of death was rolled away because the message had to go forth. And what was the message? The message was Jesus Christ. He was risen. That was the message that had to go forward. Oh, hallelujah. It was God, rich in mercy. Amen. But God, rich in mercy, the message had to go forward. And if a message went forward, then there had to be a people to receive that message. Oh, come on, church. There had to be a people to receive that message. You see, the mail doesn't come into your box just because it's flying by. When it comes into your box, your name is written on that mail because that mail is directed to you and no one else. No one is allowed, according to the law of the land, to to break the seal on that mail because they will breach the laws of the land. Only you are the only one who can break the seal of that mail to read what is in there. Oh, hallelujah. If a message is going forward, there is a people that are going to receive that message. Amen. Amen. You see, You see, in that resurrection morning, sorry, in that resurrection morning, when he rose up from the grave, you know what he did? He didn't go to reveal himself to everybody. Amen. He didn't go to reveal himself to everybody, but he went to the chosen people. Amen. He went to the people that he had elected and predestinated from the foundation of the world. Those are the people that he went to reveal himself to. And I tell you on this last age, with this message of the hour, it is not revealed to everybody, but it's revealed to a chosen people. Amen. It is revealed to a predestinated people, a people who have been elected. Amen. You see, why is it revealed to you? Because we are good? No, not because we are good. Because we are rich? Because we deserve it? No, but God, who is rich in mercy, that looked down and saw his seed on the inside of you. He is the one that chose you. He is the one that said, you are the one that I'm going to reveal it to. It is God, who is rich in mercy. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And he came to reveal it to you. Amen. It is him who was rich in mercy. Amen. Because he trusts you. And he knows that you are the only one who's going to believe this message. Amen. He knows that you are the one who's going to carry on the work. Amen. He knows that you are the one who's going to finish the work. Amen. No one is going to finish the work, but you are the one that is going to finish the work. He believes in you. He trusts in you. That is why he chose you. You see, it's not because of anything that we've done, but because he knew you before the foundation of the world. You have received a mail in your box. Amen. You 
will receive the mail and the mail has your name written on them but now it is your time to tear off the seal of them and to see what the message is saying on the inside young people it is your time to tear off the seal of them and know what the message is saying on the inside of it you have received a mail but many a times we take a mail and we just leave it on the shelf because we count it unimportant but oh friends if you knew that in that mail there was about a thousand million dollars in there for you you wouldn't be leaving that on the shelf you would take that mail and you would tear it open that you can go and claim the money that is on the inside but I tell you you've received another mail that is worth more than a thousand dollars it's a mail of eternity and you have a right to open that mail and to tear it open to recognize your name in there that is saying that you are eternal being and you are going back to eternity oh come on church oh come on young people you have received a mail Amen. Your name is on that mail. It's time to tear open that mail. It's time to tear open those seals. It's time to go digging into the message. Amen. Your name is in there. Young people are in there. Everyone is in there. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, friends, you know what? When the stone was rolled away, let me ask you a question. When the stone was rolled away, this is just for those critics that keep on criticizing and criticizing them and saying different things that the problem is the Christ and so forth. But look at this. When the stone was rolled away, who walked out of the tomb? Jesus Christ. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, when they went in the upper room and, and the Spirit of the Lord came down and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they walked out of the room, what did the people testify? They said, what did we see? They said, these people have been with Jesus. Amen. So who did they manifest? Jesus Christ. Amen. Revelation chapter 10. When the mighty angel came down and the seals were tore off, what did we see? Or who did we see? Jesus Christ. Amen. So all friends, if the seals have been torn off and we've seen Jesus Christ, and when the stone was rolled away, Jesus Christ walked out. And on the day of Pentecost, when they received their message, Jesus Christ walked down the street of Jerusalem and he when he saw a lame man and he did the same work that he did he did it right there with a the lame man and we have received the message then what are we supposed to produce what are we what is the world supposed to see on the inside of us they are supposed to see Jesus Christ I tell you church Jesus is on the inside of you Jesus is in the word Jesus is on the tapes and if you can receive those tapes see when it says in Revelation 10, 8, I think that you should go and eat the book. What it's saying is that you go and let Jesus Christ have the full preeminence in you. Let Jesus Christ fulfill the second fold purpose on the inside of you. That is what he's saying. It is Jesus Christ again that we had to manifest in this last age. Oh, hallelujah. Because you see, 110 friends, the work is not over. Amen. But it is Jesus. It is Jesus on the inside of us that is doing the work. Amen. The scripture will say that there is a greater one that is in you. The one that is in the world. Brother Branham will speak about he that is in you. Jeffersonville 1963 says, if we only could receive this truth. Now, just a moment, 
is that if we only could realize what the scripture means, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. He said we can't understand that, yet we say we believe it. Now this is the word of the prophet in 1963, he's preached the seals already. He said, and we know it's true, but we really don't understand it. Rebrano continued to say, greater is he that's in you, that's he that's in the world. And now Brother Branham started digs into what he said. What is in you that's greater? It's Christ, the anointed. God was in Christ. God that was in Christ is in you. Amen. Now, friends, there's written this quote, and you know, it's like, it's time to let the quote live. He just said here, he didn't say this is something that is going to be. He said, God that was in Christ, not is going to be in you, but is that is in you. Amen. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He said, then if he is in you, it's not you anymore leaving. It's him leaving in you. See, it's not your thinking. What you will think about this is what he said about this. Amen. He said, see, then if he is in you, he absolutely would not deny what he said. He said he couldn't do it, but he will keep what he has said. And he is trying to find that person that he can vindicate himself true. Amen. He's trying to find the person that he can vindicate himself true. See, there was a scripture that was lying in the Bible that was saying that there was going to come one that was not going to see that. There was going to come one that was going to be virgin born. There was going to be come one that was going to set the captive free. And there were many scriptures concerning him. But they had to come that one that he could manifest himself through him. And that one had to recognize himself in the word. And say, this is me. Jesus had to recognize to say, this is me. The reason why he would say, you can lay me in the tomb and in three days I'll raise myself up. Because there was a scripture that said that they will not leave his body to see corruption. And he could look at that and say, that is me. Amen. And if we can look in the scripture and say, this is me. If we can look in the tapes and say, this is me. That is Jesus coming back in his people again. Amen. He is looking for a people that he can vindicate himself through. And the people have been chosen. 
The people have been selected. And that is you and me. Amen. But you see, in the process of all this, there is an element that is hindering the greater one. Amen. There is an element that is hindering the greater one. And it's the worst enemy that we have. And that is our own selves. Amen. That is what is hindering the greater one. We have already been chosen. We have already been selected. Amen. And Christ is ready to leave himself, to prove himself again. Um, that he is, the, he is God. That he is the same yesterday. He is the same today. That he is the same forever. But this element of the flesh and of the mind um, gets in the way. Amen. That is what is hindering the greater one. But God, who is rich in mercy, amen, this evening has come and he wants to remember you or remind you this evening to say that you have got authority over your own flesh. You have got authority over your own mind, amen. You see, your body will have to obey your confession, amen. So what your confession is, is what your body will obey. Oh, come on, church, I hope you will meet this evening. Friends, it is time to take down the element of the flesh. It is time to take down the element of the mind. Amen. Christ is ready to vindicate himself again. Those disciples that went in the upper room, they had to stay there for 10 days. What were they doing there? What was going on in those 10 days? We don't know the scripture. Maybe it doesn't say it. But everything had to be beaten out of them. Their differences had to be settled them. And everything, their flesh had to get out of the way. Their mind thoughts had to get out of the way. And get to a place where they were completely and totally surrendered. Because now, look, look at the picture. Here they are. They saw Jesus on the cross, completely crucified, died. And now they see him raise again. And come to them and tell them, go into this room and I will meet you there. And they are sitting there. One day goes and they look at themselves and they say, we are still the same. Two days goes and they look, we are still the same. Three days, four days, five days. And they are sitting there saying, he made a promise. And here we are sitting here and nothing is happening. And I don't know, but maybe they start to think, maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe I need to start to actually purge myself. I need to get my own thoughts out of the way. Because he promised that in seven days have gone by and nothing has happened. And I believe they started to get themselves out of the way. In those 10 days. And when they got to a place where the flesh element and the mind battles and everything was moved out of the way. Then he came. Then he came. And when he came. Oh yes he came. You could recognize that he came. The devil could recognize that he has come again. And now it's not just one man. But it's one fire there. And the other fire there. And the other fire and the young people. He has come down again. 
Amen. It is time to move away the flesh element and, and the mind element. Amen. Because the God that is rich in mercy has come to remind us that we are living in a quickened body. Amen. We are living in a quickened body. Friends, you believe and I believe that the cycle of the rapture has already begun. Amen. The culmination of it is the change of our bodies. Amen. That's the culmination of it. But you see, in the process of it, your body can start to have that transformation. Amen. Where your flesh is no more a hindrance. Where your mind is no more a hindrance. You see, you are going to a body that has no doubt. You are going to a body that has no fear. You are going to a body that has no depression, that has no anxiety, that has no doubt that has no nervous breakdown but you see you are in the cycle of it right now and I believe that if you are in the cycle of it you can start believing and start living in a way that you have to live free from doubt if we are in the cycle I believe that we can see the seeds of the fruit that we're going to bear Amen. You see, when a tree, you look at an apple tree, you know, it's not all of a sudden you have this great big apple. But you see, it starts small, and it starts to grow, and it starts to grow, and it starts to grow. Oh, friends, I tell you, from the 2,000 years, or 2,022 years ago, that fruit has been growing, and it has been growing, and it has been growing. And we've come to the last stage. We are on the verge for the seed to come to the full maturity. We are on the verge of it. Amen. I believe if we're on the verge of it, we can live in a place where doubt is not a problem anymore. We can live in a place where fears have been cast down. Amen. We can live in a place where anxiety and depression have no authority or control of our lives anymore. Because we are getting more and more like the real. Amen. And if we're getting more and more like the real, then we have to start manifesting the shadows of the real. Amen. We have to start manifesting the shadows of the real. Amen. Amen. He has given us authority while we are in this life journey. Why we are still battling and facing the enemy that is in our flesh. He has given us authority. Amen. We have authority. Amen. And you know, authority can only be exercised by the revelation that is given to you of a scripture, of the word of God. Amen. It's the faith that you have, the revelation that you have in a certain scripture. That is what is going to give you the authority. Amen. You see, if it is revealed to you that you are saved, you have an authority over the enemy to tell him that I am not lost. Amen. You have an authority. You, you're not scared about that. Why? Because you have the revelation that you are saved. Amen. So you are not scared at all to face the enemy when it comes and tell you you are lost and you're going to hell. You just say, you're just telling lies. Oh, I know. I have a revelation that I am saved. Amen. So now let's move further with that. And what if you took a revelation that you were healed? 
Amen. If you took a revelation that you were healed, then the enemy cannot come to you and say that you were sick. Amen. Because you have a revelation, and when you have the revelation, it gives you authority. Amen. You have authority to say, no, you have no right to say this to me because it's revealed to me. It's a reality to me that I am healed. If you have a revelation that you are delivered, you have a revelation that you have been set free, then the enemy cannot come and say that you are pained. Amen. Because you have a revelation and you have authority over any enemy that will try to come to tell you that you are still in the chains of sin and of bondage. Why? Because you have a revelation. It has become real to you. Amen. And that is the authority that God has given to us in his boy revelation. Amen. And when you have that revelation and you start to confess the revelation, your body will have to obey your word. Now, friends, I hope you catch it this evening. When you are speaking, it is not your flesh speaking. It is not your spirit speaking. It is your soul that is speaking. And if you've got God on the inside of your soul, your body has to obey your confession. Oh, hallelujah. You remember the story of John Ryan? You see, John Ryan was a blind man. And, and you know, John Ryan went in the prayer line and Brother Brennan prayed for him. And he said, John Ryan, you were healed. And John Ryan walked out of the prayer line and, and he still couldn't see him. And he came back and he said, well, you told me I am healed. And he said, well, but do you believe me? Do you believe what I told you? John Ryan said, yes, I believe it. And he said, if you were able to tell me all about my life and all these things, then I believe Brother Brown told him, you go on your way and praise the Lord for healing you. You see, John Ryan had gotten something on the inside of his soul that was telling him that he was healed. And so John Ryan started to confess the word to say that I am healed. He couldn't see the effect of it, but he was bringing his body into subjection to the confession of his own word. And he kept on saying them, and he kept on saying them, and he kept on saying until one day the confession became a reality, became a manifestation in his own body that he could see again. Why? Because he caught the revelation. And it wasn't his flesh speaking, but it was the soul on the inside. It was the word that I deposited on the inside. And he started to confess that word. And the body had to obey the confession. And all I tell you, I don't know what is in your body, what is hindering you, this flesh and the fears and the doubts. Friends, your body has to believe the confession. Amen. We are living in the time. It is the time of vindication. God is here. He's here to vindicate his own word. He's here to vindicate himself on the inside of you. And friends, I tell you, God is not coming to services to be a spectator in the service. He's coming in the service to move in the service. Amen. He's coming in the service to set you free he's here for you he's not here for the preacher only he's here for you he's here for your situation he's here for your condition and he's looking for someone that will step out and fade and say God if you are here then I am here whatever you want to do I am here for him oh hallelujah Brother Branham said, God, who is rich in mercy, Phoenix 1965, he said, this is not a superstition. 
is that it is the manifestation of a promise of God. And is that it depends on what you are looking at. Is that no virtue in any man? Is that there is no power in no man? But we have, but we as believers have authority. Not power, but authority. Is that someone asked me a little long ago, said, Brother Branham, do you believe you got power to do this? I said, I ain't got power. All I ain't got power at all, but I've got authority. Is that every believer has it? How many believers are in here this evening? Well, then you've got authority. Amen. He said every believer has it. He said if you refuse it, you stay where you are. Amen. If you refuse it, you stay where you are. If you receive the mail in your box and you refuse to receive and to open them, well, you stay where you are. Amen. If you refuse it, you stay where you are. But if you will accept it, it will do the exceeding abundance because God is rich in mercy. Amen. If you receive him, it will do the exceeding abundance because God is rich in mercy. Oh, hallelujah. If only you can receive it this evening. Amen. The authority has been given to you. If we can move the flesh element out of the way. And receive it. And believe it. And start walking in it. And start confessing it. Amen. God is ready to vindicate himself. In you. In me. Amen. You see it was interesting this morning. As Brother Ed touched on the book of Esther. I actually had it too. And it was interesting that he started to take the turns. I was going to speak. And so, well it will be a little repetition. Amen. But you see, it was Esther, and you see, in the time of Esther, you see, the enemy was determined to destroy God's people. Amen. He was determined to destroy God's people, and Satan had selected his man for the, for the job. And Haman was the man that Satan had selected. Amen. He was going to destroy God's people. He was going to alienate them. He didn't like them. He didn't like their policy. He didn't like what they did. And, and they were just a strange people, odd people. He wanted a world for himself. And that's exactly what he wants today. He wants the world for himself. And he wants to destroy you. Amen. But God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God. But God had a Mordecai. God had a Esther. Amen. I tell you, friends, God has had a Mordecai on this age. And God has an Esther in this age. Amen. He has an Esther here this evening. Amen. Oh, Satan had his people. He was ready to destroy them. But God had his own people also. Here was Mordecai and here was Esther. And I want you to notice something. Esther had to listen to what Mordecai was saying. Amen. In order for Esther to actually come to a place um, to ask for a banquet with the king, um, he, she had to listen to what Mordecai was saying to her. See, Mordecai was telling Esther, listen, Esther, you have been put in this position for a purpose. 
You have been put here for such a time as this. Amen. I want you Esther to understand that you are here for such a time as this. Amen. There is a work that needs to be done. Amen. There is a work that needs to be finished. Amen. And Mordecai told Esther, listen Esther, don't think that you are going to escape it if you don't stand for your people. Don't you think you're going to escape it? Because God has put you in that position for a purpose. Amen. But you see the problem with Esther was Esther was failing to recognize her position. Amen. You remember the scripture we read. It said God was rich in mercy. Now has places sitting in heavenly places with him. Amen. And Brother Branham in Christ is the mystery of God who said, what is heavenly places? He said, it is your position in Christ Jesus. And now here was Esther who was failing to recognize her position. Amen. And so what Esther would do was Esther would call Ken, the king to the banquet. Like Brother Ed was showing this morning and the king will come to the banquet. And Esther was sent to the banquet. But you know, as the king was coming to the banquet, someone else was showing up at the banquet. And that was the enemy. That was Esther's enemy, amen. You see, friends, service after service, um, you call the king to come down. Um, you call the king to come on the service. Um, and he never fails to come. Um, you see, whenever Esther asked for a banquet, um, the king came to the banquet. Um, he never failed to come to the banquet. Um, and whenever you came, um, there was a problem, amen. Esther came and sat there with Haman. And we come to the service and, and let's be honest, let's be true. We know God is in every service, but you know the devil is in the service too. You want a scripture for it in the book of Job? When the children of God gathered together, who showed up? He showed up. When you come, he shows up too. Amen. And Esther at this banquet and here is the king and here is Haman. And Esther knows that Haman is the problem. But Esther is failing to recognize the position to actually declare what the problem is. Knowing that all she has today do is speak and the word will be executed. No matter what the decree that the enemy has said, it will be torn around because Esther has spoken. It doesn't matter if Haman has brought a letter to the king and the king has said, yes, go and destroy this people. It, it doesn't matter. Once Esther speaks, when Esther speaks, everything is annulled. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, how many times does he goes before the Lord and, and he takes all your faults and, and he brings it to the Lord and he says, he did this and, and she did that and, and she did that. But the moment you speak and you say, Lord, I did wrong. Forgive me. Everything has been destroyed and canceled off. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter what Haman brings to the can for him to look at. Once Esther speaks, the record is destroyed. Every record is torn down. Once Esther speaks, everything changes. 
Because the king's heart is for Esther, amen. The king's heart is not for Haman. The king's heart is for Esther. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, but as Brother Ed was showing this morning, they had to be something that would give Esther a little courage for her to go forward. And, you know, and, and speak to the king. And we know how Brother Ed showed this morning as he took this, this scroll and showed all that. And now here is Mordecai. Here is Mordecai receiving the glory from the king. Now we know Mordecai here is typing the prophet, is typing the preacher. Amen. And so now here is Mordecai receiving glory from the king. And now guess who is giving Mordecai glory? It is Haman. It is the enemy that is giving Mordecai glory. And so now here is Esther and he's looking at Mordecai and he's saying, but now Mordecai has found favor with the king. Amen. Mordecai has found favor with the king. The prophet of this age has found favor with the king. Amen. And he had come to a place, amen, that Mordecai has now become one in authority. Amen. Amen. And so Esther is looking and is seeing the king has vindicated Mordecai. And the enemy is just, but another ten just walking by him and giving glory to Mordecai. Amen. In other words, Esther was standing to realize that the prophet of this age had been able to come to a place that he could get himself out of the way. That he could come to a place where God could take full control of his entire being. That he could come to a place that he can say, you say what you want and it will be just exactly as you say it. Amen. He, Esther was looking at Mordecai and the same Mordecai has received the same glory of the king. What Mordecai says, it is done. Amen. Brother Branham will say, you know, in the time of Jesus, he took water and turned it into wine. But he said, but in the time of the squirrels, there was no squirrels. But he spoke the squirrels and he created the squirrels. Esther was looking at that. And Esther could see, look at that now. Mordecai has the same authority, has the same power as the king has got him. And so Esther said, it is time for me to go in to talk to the can. Now I want you to notice something here. Esther didn't go to talk to Mordecai. Amen. He didn't go to the prophet. Now we believe the prophet, he was anointed of God. But Esther went to the can. Amen. The one that has got the power is the canon and not Mordecai. Mordecai received the power from the can. Amen. And Esther is looking at him and I said, oh, I have to go to the can. Now I can go to the can and I can tell him my problem. Because I have seen him vindicate Mordecai. 
And guess what? Mordecai is my relative. Oh, hallelujah. Esther said, Mordecai, he's my uncle. And if my uncle has got glory, I can get glory. Brother Branham, you know who he is? He's just my brother too. He was in eternity with me when I was in eternity. And if he had had glory from God, then I can get it too. Oh, hallelujah. And finally, there came a time that Esther called another banquet. Amen. Now, Esther, now we've seen what God can do with Mordecai. And so Esther called another banquet. And here now is sitting there. And here is Esther's enemy sitting there. And here is the king sitting there. And the king is asking Esther, Esther, what do you want me to do for you? Esther, what do you want me to do for you? And Esther is silent. Oh, church, how many times have we been silent? You've come in the presence of the Lord and the same. What do you want me to do for you? Young person, what do you want me to do for you? That's the question from the can. What do you want me to do for you? And Esther is not speaking. You want me this evening? Esther is not speaking. Esther of just witness. Mordecai, speak the word and see it materialize. And the king has come and is wanting to take preeminence. He's wanting to vindicate himself. But Esther is not speaking. So the king started to say, Well, Esther, what do you want? Do you want half of the kingdom? What do you want? You want half of the kingdom? Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. But Esther had a problem. Esther had an issue. And the issue was sitting with her right at the table of the king. And this evening you are sitting at the table of the king. And you may have an issue. Amen. But you've entered in with the can. You sit on the banquet with the can this evening. Amen. And he's asking you, what do you want? What do you want? It is time for you to speak, Esther. Speak up, Esther. It doesn't matter what Haman has written. It doesn't matter what Haman has said about you, young person. It doesn't matter what Haman has said about you, dad. It doesn't matter what Haman has said about you, mom. You speak the word. The tables are going to change this evening. The king is waiting for Esther to speak. And finally Esther speaks. And Esther says, there is an enemy that is trying to destroy me. There is an enemy that is trying to destroy me. There is an enemy that is trying to destroy my home. There is an enemy that is trying to destroy my fate. There is an enemy that is trying to get me to dare this message. There is an enemy that is trying to take away my freedom. There is an enemy that is trying to take away my health. There is an enemy... That is trying to take away my joy. And the king said, Who is this enemy? Who is this enemy? Who is this enemy, Esther? That is trying to steal away your joy. That is trying to destroy your family. Who is this enemy?
Esther, I want the name of the enemy. You know your enemy and you know the name of your enemy. He said, Esther, give me the name of your enemy. And I am going to deal with him. Amen. And this evening the king is here. The king is here this evening. And they're saying, what is your enemy? Who is your enemy? What is the name of your enemy? What is the name of your enemy? You've come to the banquet. What is the name of your enemy? Because he's here. To deal with your enemy. Amen. It doesn't matter what he has said. It doesn't matter what he has done. He is here. Amen. He is here to destroy and deal with your enemy. Let me tell you something this evening. Mercy has walked into this room this evening. I don't know who your enemy is. But mercy has walked in this room this evening. Deliverance has walked in this room this evening. Freedom has walked in this room this evening. Oh come on church. I don't know you but it's time to speak it is time to speak it is time to say I have been silent long enough and I've had this enemy on my camp, on my field and he's destroying me and he's tearing me down and he's holding me back and he's pulling me back trying to pull me back to the wall again but it's time to speak Esther because mercy has walked in. Amen. The God who is rich in mercy, he has walked in this evening. It doesn't matter your situation, but God has come down. Amen. It doesn't matter where you've been, where your trouble has been, but God has come down in the service. Amen. Oh, let me declare something to you this evening. Your flesh is not going to hinder the plan of God. Your doubt is not going to hinder the plan of God. So you might as well this evening start to declare your doubt the same I'm not going to listen to you anymore because you are not going to stop the plan of God. Your fears are not going to stop the plan of God. All they are delaying that you're doing is they are delaying what God wants to do in your life. But I believe that this evening the time has come for you to say, I am not going to let you delay me anymore. I am getting ready for a rapture. And before I rapture, I am going to start living in a glorified body. Amen. I may not have the real glorified body, but my attitude is going to change. That I'm going to start walking in a body that has no fear. In a body that has no doubt. In a body that has got victory every morning when I wake up. In a body that is a torment to the enemy hallelujah hallelujah he has walked in this evening amen amen he has walked in to turn things around amen oh friends let me tell you something it's time for us to change the music Amen. It's time to change the music. Amen. You have been on the same note for too long, but it's time to change the music. Amen. The dynamic has to change. Amen. The walk has to change. Amen. He is here this evening saying, let's go up an octave higher. Let's go up an octave higher, amen. Let us hear the trumpet roll a little louder, amen. Let us hear those drums sound a little louder, amen. It is time to move a little higher, amen. It is time to change the symphony. 
Hey man, the composer is here this evening and he's conducting them and is saying, it is time to turn things around. It is time to change the music. It is time for you to have a new song. Hey man, oh, you've been having your old song for too long, but it's time for you to change your song from sadness to glory. Hey man, oh, from brokenness to rejoicing. Hey man, oh, from sickness to health. Hey man, it's time for you to change your song oh hallelujah it's time for you to change your song you have seen what Mordecai could do you can do it too hallelujah Hallelujah. I tell you, Brother Branham was just as a man as you were in me. But you know, one day he was sitting right there under that tree as he went to hunt him. And he's sitting right there and he started to meditate on a scripture. He started to meditate on a scripture. You think the prophet had it all? There was a scripture he couldn't understand. Mark 11, he couldn't get his head. How is that in the atonement? It's not in the atonement. How could he say that? How could that be? And he was meditating upon him and was thinking, how could these things be? But God, who is rich in mercy, came down and said, I'm going to prove to you what the scripture means. And he vindicated the scripture and he said, you say what you want and it'll be just as you say it. Amen. Oh, you know, one time and from there, Brother Brown will say they went to the Brother Roy's house. And they're sitting at Brother Roy's house and, and Brother Branham was testifying about the squirrels and all that had happened with the squirrels. And, and here was a woman, Brother Branham said it was, she was a poor woman, very poor woman and didn't have much but did everything for the Lord. A woman that had lost her husband and, and here she was and, and she's sitting there and Brother Branham is testifying and, and Brother Branham is testifying and she's sitting there and and she had a burden on her heart for her two boys. Amen. She had a burden on her heart for her two boys. He knew that God was more than able. Amen. And here is he speaking. And Brother Branham is sharing different tents. And all of a sudden, the God, who was rich in mercy, came down in that room. And he said, Hattie Roy, I want you to say what you want. And what you say is what will be. I want you to know that a Hattie Roy was a type of Esther. Hattie Royd was a type of the bride. Amen. She was part of this body. She was part of the bride. She wasn't much to look on. But God, with his rich mercy, looked down at Hattie Royd and saw the burden in the heart of Hattie Royd and said, Hattie Royd, it is time for you to speak. It is time for you to speak. And whatever you say, Hattie, it is going to be. Amen. It is the God who was rich in mercy. Amen. It is not what you have done. It is not what I have done. It wasn't what Sister Roy had done. But it was God who was rich in mercy that came down and glorified his name in the life of Sister Hattie Roy. Amen. That same God is here this evening. Amen. He is here this evening. Amen. He hasn't changed one bit. He is the same yesterday, he is the same today, and he'll be the same forever. But he's looking for a people that are ready to speak, amen. He's looking for a people that will say, I'm going to put away my doubt, I'm going to doubt my doubt, I'm going to doubt my fears, and I'm going to take God at his word. And what he said is what I will do. What he said is what I will leave on. I don't care what my condition is, I don't care about my circumstances, what I care about. It's what God said about me.
He called me his bride. And I have got a right, amen. I have got a right to walk in the king's chamber this evening. You have a right to walk in the king's chamber this evening. And say, Ken, this is my amen. This is my problem. This is my situation. The can is ready to meet what you need this evening. Amen. The can is ready to meet what you need this evening. Oh, hallelujah. The same one that met with Jacob. Oh, you know, Jacob had a name. Jacob's name means lawyer and supplanter and deceiver. Amen. And he had been around and deceived different ones and deceived that person and deceived the other person. And, and now here is Jacob trying to get back home. And, and here is Jacob surrounded by his own enemies. Surrounded by his enemies. And, and he, he looks like there's no way out for Jacob. But God, who is rich in mercy, came down on the scene and said, Jacob, I'm going to change your name. I'm going to change your name, Jacob. I don't care what name that was given to you at birth. I am going to change that name. I don't care whatever you got from your, from your family grab bag. The Lord is here to change your name. Oh, friends, I tell you, your name is Mrs. Jesus. Amen. That is your name. The moment you received them and you said, I do, to the marriage, you have taken on hell his name. Amen. And you have the same authority that he has. Your name is Mrs. Jesus. Your name has changed. Your name is not a doubter anymore. Your name is not a fearful person anymore. Your name is not a depressed person anymore. That is not your name. That is the name the enemy is trying to tag on you. But that is not your name. Your name is Mrs. Jesus. Amen. And with that name, there are attributes that comes with that name. There is an attribute of faith that comes with that name. There is an attribute of liberty that comes with that name. There is an attribute of joy that comes with that name your name has been changed and if you have recognized the church oh there is nothing that is impossible to you amen are you with me this evening there is nothing that is impossible to you because you have received his name. You have received him. When the, when the prophet said that the shame has become him, it's a reality. You have become him. And if you have become him, nothing is impossible unto you. Amen. Oh, sometimes it sounds hard for us to believe us. But nothing is impossible unto you. Amen. What you say is what will be. What you believe is what will be. Amen. And this evening you've entered right into the chamber. You had a banquet with the can. And I don't know you, but I don't want to live this banquet with Haman still on my mind. I want to live this banquet knowing that Haman is going on the gallows. I want to live this banquet knowing that Haman is going on the gallows. That I am not going back with Haman anymore. That Haman is tormenting me in my home. I am not going back with him. He is going to be hanged on the gallows this evening. Because my 
can um, is going to turn the verdict uh, to my favor. Amen. Because he has chosen me. He has married me. And whatever I say, he said that he would do it. Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy, is here this evening. Amen. He is here this evening. Amen. As we sang this before the service, you can touch him. You can touch him when you fade. You can touch him when you speak in the word. Amen. You can touch him when you believe in this evening. Oh, friends, so you don't know, the only thing that limits God is me, is you. It's our flesh, it's our mind, that is what is limiting God. But right now, I believe you can look in the other dimension. There are angels that are pressing themselves down. There are angels that are saying, I am ready to go down. I am ready to go to deal with that enemy that is fighting with my brother. I am ready to go right now, Lord. Just tell me to go, and I will go. But God is waiting and saying, well, I will let you go but Esther hasn't said a word Esther hasn't asked for you to go down I am waiting for Esther to ask him and I'm gonna send you down to bring deliverance to him to bring deliverance to her oh I tell you there are many a multitude of angels that are ready to come to fight your battle amen they are ready to come to fight your battle they are ready to come and change the scene amen Amen. Just walking down with Brother Andrew and he turned to me and he said, you know, Jesus doesn't show up until you're in the fire. When you get in the fire, that's when he shows up. And I don't know, you might be sitting in the fire right now and he's ready to show up. Amen. He's ready to come down right now. Just, just say what you want. Just say what you want. I am coming. Amen. He's not going to send warm wood. He's not going to send anyone. He's coming down himself this evening. You are the banquet with the can. Esther, you are the banquet with the can. It doesn't matter what Esther's background was. This poised among everyone. Went to that day when, when the king was about to choose a bride. You know, here were all of them, oh my painted face, lipsticks on, high heels, all mine saying, thinking they're going to be the chosen one. Oh my, they addressed themselves, and, but then here was Esther, with a quiet and a mixed spirit. She said, I'm not going to paint my face. I'm not going to put anything on my lips. I'm not going to put on any high heels. I don't care about all these things. If the king wants me, he will take me. I'm just going to go just as I am. I'm not going to have any put on. I'm going to go just as I am. And if I am predestinated, the king will choose me. If the king doesn't choose me, it doesn't matter to me. Oh, but the king wasn't looking for a flashy person. The king was looking for the calm, the humble, the one that obey, the meek. Because you know what? The king had already had one that was like that, with the name of Vastoy. You see, Vastoy was one that, oh man, she just liked the parties and, and she liked to do all her things and, and even got invited and she said, I'm not coming. And the king had learned to say, you know what? 
I don't want to have anything to do with them. I don't want to have anything to do with a type of vast toy. I need something different from vast toy. And when he searched and searched and searched, he saw you. And he saw you. And he saw you. And he saw you, young people. And he said, this is my Esther. This is the one that I have chosen. And whatever she says, oh, you will do it. Oh, hallelujah. But God, who is rich in mercy, May the musicians come this evening. He is the one that is rich in mercy. It is not what we have done. It is not what we have said. But it is God who is rich in mercy. Amen. It is God who is rich in mercy. Amen. 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 Brother Brandon will go up the mountain and he owes his time coming. And he was running down as a human. He knew that he had to go back to the base. He had to go back to the base because once the storm hits, you know, you might die, different things might happen. So he's heading back down to the base. And the God, who's rich in mercy, said to him, turn back and face the storm. Turn and face the storm. He said, but, he said, just face the storm. And he went and he started to face the storm. And as he's facing the storm, the voice had come to him. He said, I am the God. I am the creator of the heavens and the earth. I made the stars, I made the moons. I put them all in place. You speak to the storm. And whatever you say, that is what will happen to the storm. He was a man just like me and you. But God, who was rich in mercy, got into that man and he said, you can speak to the storm. And whatever he said happened just exactly as he said it. Amen. And this evening, you can speak to the storm. You have seen the glory that Mordecai can have. You can have it too. Amen. You can have it too, Esther. You are in. You are the banquet this evening with the can. What you say is what will be. What a privilege, church. Not many have this privilege to sit at a banquet with a can, but you have the privilege. Whether a young person, whether an elder person, you have a privilege this evening to sit at a banquet with the can. And the can is saying, what is your need? Tell me. Tell me, Queen Esther. Tell me, Queen Esther. I am going to move right now. Just tell me, Queen Esther. What your need is, what your problem is, what your trouble is. Let us stand on your feet this evening. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. The king is here. Amen. He has walked in the service to have a banquet with you, to have a meeting with you, to say, say what you want. He is the God that is rich in mercy. And he said, in the ages to come, 
he is going to show the exceeding grace of his mercy. And we are in those ages to come. We are in the last age of those ages to come. And he has promised that he will show, he will show the riches. Amen. That means that he didn't pour it all out in Ephesus. He didn't pour it all out in, in Smyrna, in Pergamos, in Tytara, in Sardis. And, uh, he didn't pour it all out. But in this last age, he's going to show the exceeding. He's going to pour it all out. He's not going to leave any little bit out. Everything he's going to pour it out. Whatever Esther has need of, everything he's going to pour it out on her. Amen. All she has to do is just speak the word. Amen. It is not you. It is Jesus in you. Amen. God, rich in mercy. Amen. May help us, Brother God, rich in mercy. God, rich in mercy. rich in mercy amen all your guilt all your faults have been washed away amen he's looking and he's saying there is nothing I can't see anything that you're talking about Haman the table has been torn around amen your condemnation has been lifted up this evening amen speak what you want and it will be He is still God. He is still God. Why don't you try him this evening? Why don't you try him this evening? He is here this evening. He's here this evening. He's walking eye to eye. He cares about you, young person. He cares about each and every one of you. And say, why don't you speak? I am waiting to hear from you. For some of us, it's been a long time that we actually had a talk with the Lord. Had a talk with the Lord about the situation and what is going on and about the struggle to say, God, God, I need you to come down on the scene. I don't need you to, I need you right now. Right now, I need you. You come on the scene. He's listening. His ears are attentive to you to say, God, say, just speak, Esther. 
You've called me to a banquet after and after, service after service. I've been at the banquet, but you haven't spoken. Service after service. But now, Esther, I am here for you. I am here for you, young person. Do you need the Holy Ghost, young person? You had experience on last week's Sunday and God moved on your heart, but... But you feel in the Lord, I need more. I need more. I need more, Lord. If you need more, there is more. If there is not more, you wouldn't need more. It's time to break loose. It's time to break loose, church. It's time to break loose. Amen. It's time to tear down the walls and say, I'm breaking loose. Amen. I have limited God, but now I am breaking loose. I am losing my faith this evening. I'm going to let my faith go out and speak the impossible. I'm going to let it go out and speak the impossible. Joshua one time came to a fix. He came to a fix. He said, my enemy has to be dead right now. I can't retreat right now. I can't retreat. I can't go back home right now with the army. Because if I go back home, that means it might be defeat. I can't retreat. And all I can do is pick the impossible. All I can do right now is pick the impossible. Because I am in a fix. I am in a fix. I can't retreat. And he spoke the impossible. And God said, Joshua, you're on the line of duty. And you know you can't retreat. And you have spoken the impossible. He said, Son, stay there. Moon, stay there. Because Joshua has spoken. That same God is here this evening. We are writing another book of Acts. Amen. We are writing another book of Acts. The king is here. The king is here. Brother Andrew, Brother Moses, come forward. Brother John, the king is here. The impossible can be made possible. What you can believe, you can believe it right now. Sister Sharifa, what you can believe, you can believe it right now. The impossible is here. God is here. It is what you are going to do about it this evening. It is what you are going to do about it this evening, church. You are at the banquet right now, young person. It is what you're going to do about it. I don't know if you had an opportunity to see them. Then the king has come and said to you, say what you want. I would do it. Say what you want right now. I would do it. I don't know what you're playing if you can sing that. God still moves. God still moves. 
Oh, 